It's May 22nd, 2014. This is the Hell Yeah Show. We're bringing you best practices for fine living advice on how to not let technology ruin your day. And this week, Alan, what are we telling him? Hey, you won't feel good after eating it. No, you won't. And hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry about last week, by the way. Uh, yeah, we, well, I guess we skipped, what, one week, two weeks? I don't remember. Uh, I think we skipped two weeks. No, one week. I don't know. Yeah. It's all. We were, spo- we were we were supposed to do it last week. Yes. And then uh, I had people in town, and I've had like uh, just a lot going on. But yeah. um, so I wasn't really feeling up for a show. It was. But, and it's. It is not just your. I mean, I've been. Yeah, work has been a little crazy, and yeah, shows have uh, have been harder to come by. Um, yeah, we're back now. So yes, we are. Hello. Uh, so the one the one story in particular that I've been getting a lot of people sending to me is the story asking if I am the Emory that reformatted all of the PCs. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently at Emory University, uh, they use a, a cert, like um, they use a piece of software called SCCM, which is a Microsoft System Center Manager thing. And uh, it's kind of like a puppet master of sorts for uh, Windows machines and you can like push out patches and software updates and things like that mm-hmm. and you can also do things like uh, feed it a disk, a disk image and have all the computers that talk to it reformat each other <laughs> and uh, yeah so apparently uh, that happened and <laughs> and my, my answer to everyone so far has been like you know did you really do this you know thinking that they're being really funny I say no but I would if I could <laughs> So I, I can't I, I can't access the article right now because I think the next web is down. Um, but uh, is so would, what actually happened? Is, is this just like we should go you, to? Is it down for everyone or just me and check? Is it, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it down for uh, everyone or just me? Dot com? And that's not loading. Oh no! Wait. No, <laughs> I, I must be spelling it wrong. Oh wait. To... Is this down for everyone uh, or just me? Dot com? Website unavailable. Great. Um, yeah. So wait, is it like it's? Oh, just... it's just down for everyone or just me dot com. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, is it is it just uh, university um, uh, like university owned machines or is it uh, like student well, machines any, too? I don't know. I don't think they manage student machines. Okay. Huh. Most um, universities uh, do not go that far in my experience well sometimes there's university software running on the student machines like antivirus slash uh or not like yeah like, but that, those things are usually licensed for the site though and they don't really care yeah yeah um i mean even like uh uh i mean there's a lot of stuff that people get like a site license for and they even include like home machines for faculty and staff for that very reason right yeah they're just like yeah why not yeah but yeah i think uh it, it's kind of amazing that they would have that happen which i mean yeah. it's hey stuff happens um uh yeah i, I <laughs> i've never had to uh, have the pleasure of using sccm but uh for what i'm told it's uh it would be pretty obvious that you're doing something really bizarre like that but not necessarily uh um prevent you from doing it <laughs> right. so, i think they'll probably be reason the mean, best part was is- that they tried to stop it, but the SCCM server was one of the servers that had started to format itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we, but there's, I mean, this, this is this comes down to human error, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it can only yes, I'd imagine come down to human error. Yeah, that's um, a quite quite a 
quite an error for a human. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, it's one I still, small error for a human, one giant. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. my I did get my camera back in time for my kid's birthday, though. All right. Yeah. So I, my daughter's a two-year-old now. Yay! Yeah, and she's uh, she's pretty funny and kind of amazing. But she's uh, isn't, uh, the, isn't the expression the terrible twos? Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, her terrible twos, so far from what I can tell, uh, may have occurred at like eighteen months. That's when she would like have like a total meltdown and like throw a fit. Okay, but she's been pretty chill lately. Um, she's a little ornery. Like today, um, I was with her, and uh, she likes to kind of like toddle off away from me and i'm like hey uh you want to come back here and then she just keeps going (laughs) (laughs) so uh there was a little bit of that but uh she hasn't been like a total disaster so that's good so far knock on wood but yeah um i got my camera back in time for for, from repair uh fuji got it back to me and uh so that was good and then it was just in time to really appreciate the benefits of uh there was a couple of updates that fuji did Oh, not Fuji, sorry, that Adobe did to Adobe Lightroom. Um, the Is it the only piece of software they make that I don't hate? I don't know. <laughs> but the, uh, they've changed uh, the way that the Adobe Camera Raw software works for um, Fuji cameras with an X-Trans sensor. And what that means is uh, pictures look better. <laughs> okay. So, um, essentially. And uh, most cameras have, like, a bearer sensor, which is, like, uh, just a standard... Um, camera sensor that has like the pixels lined up RGB mm-hmm. and uh, what Fuji did um, was remove a filter on the, their sensors and then also change the layout so that it's uh, a little bit it's it's a little more um, irregular now and uh, so it's not like RGB 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 it'll be like I, don't, I can't remember the actual pattern it's something like you know RGG BBRR something like that I don't know but anyways the the short version is is that um, they've enhanced the software, and I think the pictures um, have like a more film-like look to them, which I really like a lot. Yeah. Uh, the I haven't gone back through to like reprocess some of my older stuff um, to see how they turn out now, but um, yeah, I'm really liking it. I've always thought that uh, the JPEGs that the camera makes are outstanding, and um, some software is really good at the X-Trans sensor and yeah. putting out files and. Um, but like in, in the case where you, in the case where the software didn't have solid support for it, you could actually end up with the RAWs being worse than the in-camera JPEGs because. Well, not- no, not, I mean that's all. I mean that's all a matter of opinion, really. Yeah. But, um, what is a little bit more obvious is the things like sharpening, like it, the images always. To me, at least, um, the cameras always had a, a certain degree of sharpness and noise reduction that the um, that the RAWs just never did in Lightroom. Uh-huh. But then, like uh, software like uh, uh, Silky Picks and um, a couple of other options out there uh, tended to make like Irritant Developer was a good one. Um, and then whatever the Phase One people have now, what's that called? I don't, I don't know. Uh, Capture One, Capture Pro. That that one did a really good job with the sensor, but. Um, they had like uh, um, the Adobe ones always had like just a slightly off look to them to me, um, and in some cases it was fine and it wasn't really a big deal and I could get around it um, by processing the images myself. And then other times they just never really quite took. But um, now they seem to all be pretty good. Um, 
So I'm happy about that. And that was like a, you know, it's a free update because it's in camera raw. And uh, so I'm really psyched about that. Um, cool. Other big news was today that the OmniFocus 2 came out. So I uh, have, I, I feel like, I, I, I feel like it was already out. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was, uh, it's it been, been a very extended beta. Okay, that's it. Okay, and then yeah, they closed yeah. the beta for a few months and completely retooled it. Really? Yeah. And wow. then they opened it up again. Um, like a couple months ago. So I've been using it for a little while, and it's been stable for the last, I don't know, like 90 days um, yeah. for me. But, um, yeah, I just got out today, and their their web store has been, like, useless all day. <laughs> um, so good for them. Yeah, the that's awesome. I, I'm really glad that they're, like, there is a dedicated enough audience out there to to flood their servers and, and, and you know, like, since the thing is finally out. To, to Yeah, they're doing some pretty cool stuff. I mean... Um, OmniFocus is one of those things where some people um, aren't really into it, and there are also people that don't like the way that they distribute and license the software, like with mobile devices, because does uh, they charge too much money? They do charge a lot of money. It's not. I too mean, much. I, you know, I, I, I'm saying the the opinion would be that they charge. Too oh much yeah, money. yeah. There's. A, I'm there's not a, saying there's that's a, a fact. Of, yeah. They're like, oh, it's too expensive. I can't believe that I'm not paying forty dollars for an app. I'm paying one dollar or nothing. Right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> to those people, I say, well, you know, enjoy your Angry Birds, whatever the hell. And, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think Omni does a good job on setting a price for their market and being able to serve those customers. So. Um, they don't really have to chase the $1 app crowd. Yeah. But um, there's also the fact that like they don't have a universal iOS app. They do a separate iPad version and a separate iPhone version. That's a little it's, weird. Uh, yes and no, because um, they are very different. Yeah. Like, they have a completely different um, use case, really. Um, they've made the iPhone version of OmniFocus like, really focused for the iPhone and the iPad version has a lot more room and a lot, you know, it's a different layout. It's more of like, you know, for planning and stuff. And I, I really like it a lot. Um, the way that they've done it. And it's, I think, I mean, if I just look back over the last few years of using it, like it's well worth everything I've spent on it and more. So I don't really see a problem with it, but, um, the one thing it hasn't helped with though, is my (laughs) ridiculously crippling depression. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I've had this really rough uh, few months, but um, in particular, like the last few weeks. And one of the things that's like really bad is um, just like the sheer volume of like stuff that needs to be done. And like that's been especially wearing on me lately. So well, that's so are, is OmniFocus 2 going to <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's not going to solve that problem, but yeah. um, it will, uh, uh, you know, continue to let me at least know that I'm not completely missing stuff like that's the, the that's the worst part about uh having a lot of like anxiety about things and being somewhat forgetful and not keeping track of things that you're supposed to be doing is that if you don't have a place where that stuff lives like it can drive you insane yeah and so that's the the really good thing about OmniFocus and other things like it is so that you can you shove stuff into it. you used to be big on like gtd workflow and yeah cards and stuff are you still is that still a well, I mean, I, that's what I use OmniFocus for now. Okay, uh, it's, it's just digital now instead of on on yeah, you know, like index cards. The, yeah, once the tools got good enough, um, like I tried to to switch over to like um, some non analog method for 
a couple of I made a couple of good attempts. Um, one with a task paper, which I really liked, uh, but had some issues with. And then uh, I even tried like uh, OPML outlines. I tried the Emacs org mode. I tried uh, various web services. I've tried them all. Like I've used uh, you know, GitFlow. I've tried. Uh, the what's the asteroid? The one that's uh, closed up now. Um, I've used like just about every web service that you can think of for like project and task management stuff. Oh, um, uh, uh, the Wonderlist. I've used that. Yep. Um, even like Apple Reminders. You know, I've I've tried a ton of stuff. But yeah, the OmniFocus uh, method seems to work the best for me. But um, I certainly like it and find it to be. A really good tool, but yeah, the the one thing that it does not do um, is it does not actually do stuff for you, right? Yeah, so, there's, there's that half of so it. when yeah. you know motivation and general uh, uh, level of excitement about the things on your list are at an all time low. It's uh, not super helpful that you have everything there. Like, I mean, it's good to know that it's the first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really just a matter of. Uh, keeping up on that stuff so i did uh, have to send out like a little note to some people um a week ago where i basically said like i'm sorry for being somewhat incommunicado and withdrawn and a little moody and not talkative and um that's because i'm moody and not talkative and (laughs) kind of a hermit right now so yeah so uh, hopefully i don't totally ruin the show but i did want to mention that but uh, all right mainly because i think it's something that everyone kind of goes through from time to time and Maybe it's helpful if, uh, you know, you, do you ever get, you seem like a pretty cheerful guy all around. Uh, yeah, you know. You uh, got a pretty good life. You got a trampoline. You got, I, yeah, when, if, if things get me down, I go and jump on the trampoline. So it's, it's all good. Um, no, you know, there's, there's always times, but, um, uh, you know, generally um, approaching things with optimism tends to, sure. tends to help. So, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so in in the show notes I have a link to um uh, there's a comic called Hyperbole and a Half and it's kind of awesome but uh, the artist that does that uh, has done an excellent job of summing up um, <laughs> some of the finer points of uh, <laughs> of uh, having downswings that I think people will find delightful and very relatable um, but yeah so that's my uh, that's my quick update all right. That's uh, some some software, some personal stuff, and uh, some some humorous anecdotes from the news. All right, very good. <laughs> that's <so> good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I've got the whole. You see, this is this is part of it. Is like you know making sure that I keep up the appearances of being a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's 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 the best any of us can hope for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, I do. I do want to say one quick thing. Um. I. I'm not the kind of person and I'm not like at the point where I'm like so terribly distraught that like I need people checking in on me. <laughs> like that's not, um, that's, cause I mean, not that you sounded worried, Alan, but, uh, <laughs> some people might, might, uh, you know, take it upon themselves to, uh, to, to look out and that's not, uh, that is not needed. I am, in the capable and confident hands of many, many medical professionals. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I heard that uh, you had quite the fast food adventure, though. Uh, so, multiple fast food adventures. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so here's, here's what happens when we don't do a show for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. 
is, you try all the food. As I go out and I, I uh, attend a bunch of fast food restaurants. Yeah. yeah um, so, uh, I live in California. You wear flip flops. You have a trampoline room. And I uh, frequent fast food. Re- uh, so, I, I'm not a huge fast food eater, but I do enjoy sampling the uh, specialty slash unique whatever it's items. It's cuisine. Yeah. I th- well, I see it as this is what modern science has produced for you. Oh, absolutely. Right? And like this this is this is what hell have we wrought. <laughs> uh yeah. Um so so along those lines, um I decided to uh, to check out the KFC Double Down. Mm. Was the first item. Uh and the Taco Bell Enchirito. Um Oh man. Yeah, so they're actually they're good stories behind each of these uh as far as as products. So the Double Down uh it was a pretty it was a news event when this thing came out it is uh um bacon and cheese in the middle of like sandwich between two uh fried chicken slices so it's like a sandwich of fried chicken slices around bacon and cheese um that sounds terrible uh <laughs> um <laughs> so <laughs> I can tell by your laughter that it's delicious. No, it's really not. Uh, yeah, so, so when this came out, there actually there's a uh, New York Times food review, like food critic review. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, you know, they basically said it's about what you expect. Um, yeah. And how. It's, it's about what you expect. Um, the problem, like, you will not feel good after eating it. No, uh, how could you? Yeah, you won't feel good for the next several hours at least. Um, (laughs) it doesn't have like gastrointestinal effects but it just like makes you feel bad um okay so yeah uh this this might be the earliest that we ever got the 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 name for the episode by the way keep this can please continue (laughs) (laughs) and i missed it you were uh you you won't feel good after eating it yeah yeah all right Uh, (laughs) 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 um so so uh uh yeah the um uh double down's not good. Um yeah I mean you know you can try it if you're looking for something w- weird but it's it's it does it's, it's so not weird, a good experience. KFC is usually a delicious <laughs> yeah. taste explosion. The place for like delightful down home American cooking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when have um, you ever had a bad meal at a KFC? Yeah. I mean they have um, a spork there for God's sake. They do have those sporks. Ah, um, okay, and then the other item is the Taco Bell Enchirito. So the Enchirito is a classic Taco Bell item that is no longer on the menu. Um, uh, so is this like the In-N-Out Burger experience? It's, yeah, it's like the secret okay. menu. Yeah. yeah. So, right, okay. so they, they took it I'm off. I'm intrigued. They took it off the menu a few years ago. Uh, then the public pressure mounted and people needed the Enchirito back, right? So they put it back on the menu. Then they took it off again. But now they still serve it. It's just not on the menu. Okay. Um, what is it? Uh, it is a. It's basically an enchilada. I mean, it's that's what it is. It's just their like branded term for an enchilada. Um, so okay. it's it's a you know, meat in a tortilla with sauce over it. Um, oh. Yeah, and cheese over it. Um, oh yeah. Well, yeah. So and like I mean, um, it is uh, and it, uh, similarly to the KFC Double Down, it's about what you'd expect. Um, it's meat in a tortilla with cheese. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the the really exciting thing about it is the fact that it's not on the menu. <laughs> yeah. The fact that here's here's what happened to now, me. Right? Do you think I could get one of these in the Midwest, or do I have to? Oh be on yeah. The West Coast? Oh no, you can get these anywhere. Any Taco Bell. 
I'm pretty okay. sure. Uh, so the <laughs> Donde estas los enchilada <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's called enchilado. I walked into a Taco Bell out here. Sounds like a suburb of Guadalajara. The, <laughs> the poor guy at the counter was a trainee. Uh, and so I ordered an Enchirito, and he <laughs> just did this. He's looking like, at the register. He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, do, um, do you mind if I ask someone? <laughs> and and he's, he's, he's like this, you know, teenager too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, you know. I'm gonna stand there. So he goes over, and he's like, uh, they said Enchirito, <laughs> and I'm like, Enchirito. It's not on the menu, you know. I'm like, it's not on the menu. Yeah. Um, now you're that guy on his first day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the other, the other, the the more seasoned employee to come over and walk him through like how to code in an enchirito on the register, oh. uh, and then <laughs> after that, after that, you he asked me, costed my patience for for ordering one. <laughs> uh, he after that he asked me, he's, he's like, how do you pronounce pronounce that again? <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> enchirito or enchirito if you really want you know um, yeah uh anyway so it's just you know there's no there's no more special experience than walking into a taco bell and ordering something you know that's that's actually i mean i hate to say it but as someone did i ever tell you that i had a sandwich at a deli in rhode island oh yeah the sure the the, the, the emery sandwich, the emery yeah, sandwich yeah. yeah uh that was probably like one of the greatest things ever and so and part of that is like the implied exclusivity of it right <laughs> so like i like anything like that and i like going to in and out burger just so i can order things that are not actually on the menu that they yep. will happily make yeah. so i i'm all in on the secret menu now i will say i have not eaten at a taco bell in about 15 years and that is intentional <laughs> but uh if i ever find myself uh in that situation <laughs> i think i might have to give it a whirl yeah. you would recommend this uh yeah sure uh don't get the chicken um oh well it comes in chicken beef and steak um pollo alan pollo yeah uh beef or steak are fine um you might ask what's the difference <laughs> uh probably the, not <laughs> beef is like ground beef steak is like yeah. chunks of Strips. steak yeah yeah but um both either, are terrible. either never... is fine chicken is not good um so i think uh, having taco bell cheese is probably enough risk for me <laughs> I don't think I'll need you know chicken or beef. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So that's, that's, those are the ta- the uh, Taco Bell. Those are the fast food adventures that I've had. Um, that's uh, that's not too bad. Yeah. I've um, uh, yeah. Did you know there was a there was there's more deal? I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. This is this is how down in the dumps I've been. I haven't been playing The Last of Us, um, and uh, there's like new DLC. Like there's new stuff, and I haven't even seen it yet. Um. The oh yeah, I, I think I heard something about it. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, um, they have they, like you know new guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's mainly for factions, so I, I'm happy about that. But I just haven't had a chance to even check it out. Yep. Um, and I, I have been playing Diablo and Hearthstone though. Excellent. Yeah. Are, um, so, so I've yes, I, I've been playing Hearthstone. Yeah, a lot of Hearthstone. You're really good at that, by the way. <laughs> hey, Hronk is better. Uh, really. Yeah, he, or at least by rank. I don't think he's actually better. I think you know he's he's just. I told him you were going to kick top. his ass. I did kick his ass several games. Oh, I good. I kicked his ass in the first like three games we played. I think um, I posted your tag in the uh, uh, in our old uh, WoW Guild Facebook group and uh, said that uh, if anyone wanted to challenge you, that uh, 
good luck and uh, <laughs> and here's his and here's ah, your ID. okay that that explains why i got simultaneously request simultaneous requests from multiple people okay yes yeah. i yes um yeah uh uh did challenge me i um uh, i beat him in the first like three games uh nice. yep and then um uh after that he kind of learned my deck strategy mm-hmm. um and uh and then ended up uh winning after that um so nice. you wrecked me uh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you won one game didn't you uh if i did it was like sheer luck and, <laughs> and happenstance or you were just being nice no i think i i you won one one game like fair and square and i and i remember thinking that you would think that i thought i threw it or that that yeah. I, I remember thinking that you would think that i threw it because i had won all the other ones come um, to think of it this is about the time i started to feel really depressed <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it it all comes i'm sorry is what i'm trying to say (laughs) uh uh, yeah um if 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 uh if you want to play a couple games of hearthstone after this i'll let you win all of them oh Uh, (laughs) that'd be great um so you've been talking to my wife (laughs) uh so so yeah so um playing a lot of hearthstone um that's been going well (laughs) That's great. Um, and you, uh, like, uh, I mean, if, have you? How many games do you play with people you know versus people that you don't like? Randoms. Uh, I play. I'd say it's. I. I don't know. Like. Uh, uh, I like twenty percent people I know, eighty percent people I don't, something like that. Um, or maybe even less people I know. I don't like. It, the Hearthstone is very conducive to picking up random games, right? So yes. Um, yeah, a and, lot I, of and I tend to like. I'm always worried that I'm gonna like AFK randomly because I get uh, distracted, or I, I usually play games like while I'm doing other stuff, like sure. waiting things to build or whatever. And I'm always afraid that I'm gonna like hold up a game and tick somebody off, so I don't play with people I know. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So um, the uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like we're in the middle of a season of of um, uh, ranked rank mode play. Um, so I'm trying to work my way up in that. Um, yep. And then uh, uh, Transistor came out yesterday. So what is that? Uh, so it's the new game from Supergiant Games, uh, who were the creators of Bastion. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Bastion. It was... Uh, uh, I played that. Re- yeah, I, I think you did. Um, uh, uh, sort of a... Um, uh, you know, action RPG, uh, uh, isometric view... Um, you know, really great art style, really, really great music. It's like pseudo cell shaded looking almost yes. like, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that game a lot. I played on the iPad. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot it came to, to iPad. Yeah. Yeah. It was great on the iPad. Yeah. Um, it has like a narrator. That's what's so cool. Yes. About. Yeah. They, who's, who's like sort of, uh, cleverly interleaving narration as it makes sense with your actions. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was really smart. It was a yep. great game. Yep. So they have a new game uh, called Transistor, um, which follows a lot of the same patterns. So uh, there, there's also a not really. I mean, it, it's more than a narrator. It's actually a character in the, it's uh, your sword is essentially uh, the narrator. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it, you know, but sim- so similarly, uh, isometric uh, view um, action RPG. Um, Really, really great music. Really great, uh, just beautiful, beautiful art. Um, uh, really well done. Uh, all these um, really nice layered uh, kind of you know pixel shader effect type stuff. 
um, on top of just like very solid, you know, two D hand drawn art. Um, really nice. So, um, uh, so all that is great. I, you know, the gameplay is is uh, feels similar to Bastion in a lot of ways, um, uh, but has this kind of like freeze time mechanic where you can kind of plan out your moves, um, mm. which is interesting. Although I am. Um, uh, oh, this does look great. I'm looking at screenshots now. I'm really digging it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it, so it, um, yeah. The, there there are a couple parts of the gameplay that don't thrill me that much. Um, uh, the um, combat, like the, there could be some lulls in the combat that just are like you're just kind of running around, waiting for your abilities to recharge, which um, isn't super fun. Um, sure. But uh, but overall, it's I mean really really well put together. Uh, worth. Um, exploring and enjoying for the sort of ambiance and art and world they've created and all that stuff alone. So, um, yeah, uh, Transistor uh, definitely worth picking up. Um, just came out actually not yesterday. Came out on Tuesday, I think. So, what are you playing it on? I saw that it was available for the PC and for PS4. Yep, uh, I'm playing it on PC. Um, just, do you think they're going to have an iPad release of it, or do uh, yeah, but probably not for a while. I'd imagine they're a pretty small studio, um, so okay. I'd be surprised if they if if they are able to turn around an iPad release that quickly. Um, so I think you know PC and PS4 are pretty easy to target. Similar like pretty similar architectures uh, to develop for, and um, uh, you know the, the PS4 I, I, uh, is uh, supposed to be at least pretty conducive to independent publishing. Um, yeah. So I, I think that probably wasn't too much of a leap. Uh, Xbox would probably be a bit more of a leap. Um, uh, but uh, but I, I'm guessing they'll get there fairly soon. I think. I, I don't know. Maybe they're not targeting Xbox, but I'd imagine it'll roll out there. And then um, and then I'm guessing iPad will come a bit later. Dude, the cause... Xbox One is not doing well, is it? No. <laughs> it's really uh, really so, not doing well. So here's yeah. Pro tip in in like watching trajectories of consoles. The point where they stop referring to numbers sold through <laughs> and start referring to numbers. I forget the other term, but shipped. like uh, yeah, essentially yeah, like numbers shipped to retailers. The yeah. point where they switch those they, you know they switch which number they're saying is the point where they're in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, um, and the implication, of course, being that there are warehouses inside of uh, Best Buys and Target stores full of Xbox Ones. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, um, and then they started selling one without Connect. They and did, under- and I don't understand why they would do that when that was like the whole thing that they focused on. I lower price point. You know, it, it competes directly with the PS4 at at three ninety nine instead of four ninety nine. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's a complete. Like, ugh, I don't get these people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the uh, I actually find the connect functionality incredibly useful on the Xbox One. Like, I I'm actually at the point where I will. Uh, there are apps I won't use because they don't work well with voice commands. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, because I will I will just like sit down on the couch, say the words that I can't say right now because it, it will yeah, do things. But it'll like, do them. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, tell it to turn on, and then I tell it to open an app, you know, often MLB TV uh, or Twitch, uh, and then tell it to, to you know, view a, a, <gasps> a stream or something, uh, and then, um, uh, you know, view a, a game, um, all with my voice, and it signs me in. I never pick up a controller. It's great. You know, so. I've, uh, I did pick up um, the test of uh, Heroes of the Storm from Blizzard. Oh, right. Yeah. You were totally right that it's a lot like Dota. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I was really hoping it was a little bit more, um, a little bit more actiony than that, but it's not. It's, it's very, very much like Dota, and it's, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like it's, it's a good, it's a cool game, but I don't know that I'm gonna play it as much as I thought I might. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I mean, I think that like the my impression of it, I haven't played it yet. My impression of it is that it's a yeah, it's it's very you know derivative of Dota, but with some unique you know spins on on the standard formula. Um, yes. And some some simplifications or sort of streamlining, not necessarily to make it dumber, just to make it like more sensical. Um, but yeah, um, for sure. Uh, also, yeah. Go oh, ahead. Um, what was it? The um, with the Xbox thing. I think I had something. Ah, I'll think of it later. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing that uh, that I I was able to play. Super cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was able to play a few hours of was uh, Goat <laughs> Simulator. That's um, uh, that sounds terrifying. It's uh, so it's actually it's it's been pr- a pretty popular game. Um, uh, came out I I don't know a few months ago I think on Steam. Um, it's uh, it's it's an open world. Um, oh, oh, I remember. Yeah. Do you can you do you have an opinion and can you share it with the with the Twitch thing the news I, from that. I, <laughs> okay. No, I, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. I'm, I thought of you though when I saw that story. I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty. Yep. Yeah. yeah no, I, I I work for Google, so. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, uh, Goat Simulator. Um, uh, the. Uh, <laughs> so the pitch for this game is well. So uh, you know, there's is basically like the people that sound or the goats that sound like people. Uh, no, I no, not <laughs> not based on that in any way. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, um, yeah. so there's sort of there, there's been a recent fascination in general with simulator games um, and sort of how ridiculous they sometimes are. So like, there's a woodcutter simulator on Steam, <laughs> and there's you know Euro Truck Simulator, uh, <laughs> job interview simulator. Yeah, you'd think so, right? <laughs> um, Get a so, job, jackass. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Goat Simulator is kind of like a riff on that of just like here is the most ridiculous simulator we could come up with, um, and it's you know you're a goat, you wander around this world, and uh, uh, you kind of um, interact with it in crazy ways, and generally like it's it's mostly a physics manipulation game. So you you know you're like launching objects into other objects and creating uh-huh. explosions and interesting effects and whatever. Um, Don't try to make it sound like a something other than a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> How it's, dare you? It's, it's been called that. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, there's some, there's some fun challenges and, uh, uh, and, and just crazy stuff in there. So, yep. Yeah. Um, are there any men that like stare at you while you're a goat? <laughs> Let's, is let's, there, uh, yeah are there other goat references that we can uh <laughs> i'm trying to think of some but i'm, I'm really struggling yeah uh, um yeah, w- yeah. they're gonna <laughs> milk milk that game for all it's worth uh, <laughs> oh you're gonna play it uh oh shoot i almost had one with like uh um you're gonna play it angora and then oh wait i oh, never mind i had like like a sweater joke of some sort it's just begging for it I love puns too much. I can't quite. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, goats. <laughs> All right. It just scares me. It really frightens me. Like I'm genuinely concerned there are people <laughs> making that. It's it's quite cheery. It's not you know it's well unless, until you turn into a, a devil goat. Um, 
Anyway. Well, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's the video game roundup. Um, good. <laughs> goats. Yeah, goats. How dare you. All right. Speaking um, of how dare you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a longtime user of TextMate on OS X. It's a pretty um, good editor. It's a, it's a great editor. Um, it's... Uh, it's it's been around for a long time. Um, yeah, I've used it for a very long time. Um, I'm, a no fan, edit, but... I'm, a, I'm a big fan of TextMate. Um, however, <laughs> it's it's been around for a long time, and like there are some issues with it that they haven't fixed yet. And there's TextMate like three. Uh, like when you undo, it only undoes one character at a time. <laughs> like uh, oh well, I mean, you, can't you make a bundle to? a different that's possible yeah it's anyway anyway yeah (laughs) it's it's it hasn't been it hasn't seen some love in a while there's this thing you know the textmate three is the thing that is two uh is it no no currently it's two i'm saying there's like there is a textmate three that is in development um well well no textmate two is the one that's like open source now uh textmate is textmate it was so i mean I, i there's a textmate three like beta available no there's an alpha of textmate two Wait, wait. Oh, really? Oh, is it? Is it two? I think it's got to be two. Uh, I'm looking it up right now because I'm pretty sure it's you. Okay, you're right. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, because yeah. Okay, I, I I was yeah. Okay, I I know what I got it confused with. I'll talk about that momentarily. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sublime Text. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Sublime Text is currently 2.0, and they have a 3.0 uh, beta. So yes. um, yeah. So I um. Anyway, yes. Uh, so, so a lot of people really like Sublime Text. A lot of people do. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So, TextMate like has this, you know, one point five whatever out, and then they've got this two point preview, which like is it's like is it really going to launch? I don't know. Um, well, okay. Go ahead. And is it really going to get there? So, anyway, um, uh, I'll, tell you, I, I'll tell you right now that it, it is. It's done. The only reason that it's not marked as released is that there's no documentation written yet. I see. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I've I've heard some folks, especially folks at work, um, uh, saying that Sublime Text uh is a fantastic alternative that is you know has has some niceties that TextMate doesn't have, and like is you know generally sees more love in in like new features and development and that sort of stuff. Uh, okay. Um, uh. So I gave Sublime Text a try. Um. Te- Sublime Text is very popular with people that uh, work on multiple platforms because they have a simultaneous release for uh, Linux systems and yes. Windows and OS X. So there's no um, there, there's complete parity between all three platforms, and that and that's like its main for me. That's like the main motivation that I would have to to use it at all. So yeah. I can totally see in, in an environment like yours where you're working that that would be a huge um, benefit and draw. Yep. So I get it. I get that. For sure. Yeah, I think so that's a big advantage. Um, and the fact that you can basically, you can set up your, you know, finely tuned preferences and, uh, you know, theming and all that stuff and then have that work across, uh, um, you know, across all platforms is really nice. Um the, uh, and the great the great thing about the theming stuff too is that Sublime Text uses TextMate themes. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, that's yeah, they, awesome. They use, huh. they, they use the TextMate format for all of their themes. Fantastic, yeah. huh? Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, uh, the um, uh, the other things mm-hmm. I like about it, I like the uh, 
when you undo, it undoes intelligently rather than one character at a time. Um, okay. I like that a lot. Uh, I like the um, all the stuff it does around uh, you know code block identification and selection and collapsing and expand. Like, so TextMate will let you ex- uh, collapse and expand code blocks, um, but uh, managing them and like uh, seeing them them um, uh, visually is is has I've found more challenging. Um, can you explain that? Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, so in uh, Sublime Text, you get a um, uh, there like you get these bars on the left side that show you um, correspondences between beginning and end of a block of an indented block, um, and it seems to be really easy to select a given block, and it seems to be that selection seems to be accurate. Um, I've uh, and and also uh, highlighting the start and end of the block is something that I could never get to work right in TextMate. Um, like showing you course so like i could go i could mouse or a, a cursor back and forth across one of the like the end bracket and it would highlight the previous bracket but like that doesn't help if the previous bracket is off screen um sure so i always found that to be kind of difficult anyway i just like it's some of this stuff is kind of intangible i just like after one of my initial reactions to sublime text was uh it is way clearer and easier to manipulate indented code blocks in this thing <laughs> Okay. Um, so, uh, so there's that. Um, it it does a great job automatically closing HTML tags. Um, sure. Uh, which like I was blown away by how well it identifies which tag needs to be closed. And you know, as soon as you type, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, left uh, uh, triangle bracket um, slash, it just it fills in the rest. Um, anyway. Oh. All of these concerns could potentially be solved through TextMate bundles or like other TextMate customization, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I guess I'm just not a good enough TextMate user to uh, to take advantage of that stuff. Um, well, you know, it's uh, so I have a different perspective on this. So my my if I had to have like a favorite, if I could only use one text editor for the rest of my life, it would probably be Vim. Uh huh. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Because that's just what I've used for literally decades at yes. this point. And uh, it has a lot of things great that it does. And it's also multi-platform and it's free and also has uh, a lot of people that write extensions and plugins and bundles for it. Yep. So I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, yeah it is. It's yes. It is I, what I, I use have, in the command line. And I, uh, yes, I, I, I depend upon it for many things. Yeah. There's, um, Having said that, uh, there are some benefits to using an editor um, that's a little bit more native for the environment. Like the other editor that I've used as long as Vim is uh, probably BB Edit. Um, lately, I've been uh, using TextMate for quite a while, and I really like it a lot. There's a couple things about it in particular that I find just fantastic, like uh, block selections. I love and TextMate, and I also like their multi caret uh, representation for like. Uh, it's for a lot of the things that I'm editing. Um, it's less code and more things like uh, uh, policy files for network devices, mm-hmm. and uh, having really good uh, block select and being able to quickly navigate large trees of text and replicate them and then spit them back out again. That's like super super handy for me. Yeah. Um, 
and, and you know you can do that with Sublime Text too. But uh, our student worker this year, he was all about Sublime Text, and I think uh, that was a multi-platform thing. So like he liked it because sure, if he was on a Linux workstation or on his MacBook, he, he had the same environment set up, which was kind of cool. Yep. Which you could also do with with them. But I've also been looking at Atom, which I know you are totally out of your mind that anyone would like this. Um, <laughs> which is uh, GitHub's new text editor uh, that's written entirely in Node. Uh, so it's um, very much uh, at home for web developers. Um, it's similar to the, what's the Adobe one called, Brackets? Uh, that rings a bell, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the same thing, where it's basically like a Chromium uh, environment with, uh, with text doodads. And I was actually surprised to hear you talk about Sublime because there is a editor like Sublime that's... Uh, for browsers um, called, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember what it's called now. But I was surprised you didn't pick something that runs inside of Chrome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've used those as well. Um, the uh, I have just heard very good things about Sublime, so I, I thought I would check it out. So The one thing I love about Sublime that uh, other editors attempt to replicate and don't do a very good job with is that damn mini-map. The mini-map? Yeah, the mini-map's pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, if you're in a big document, yeah. being able to like survey where you're at really quickly like that, I've used that thing like crazy. Yeah, so the, I mean, I don't want it in all documents. Um, <clears throat> sure. And in fact, a lot of the time I don't want it. Um, but like when you do want it, it is very useful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I, so anyway, I'm I'm less than a week into Sublime. Like I I would need I need way more time than that to um to to really um form Kick the tires. Yeah, right. To to like decide if I really want to, you know, stay with it. But um, uh, I have thus far been pretty impressed. So, yeah, I think uh, that's something we should actually check in on from time to time too, because I'd like to hear how that's going. Because uh, you had some interesting thoughts on uh, how well maintained that that software is, and I had kind of a different perspective of it. Like you said that you know it gets a lot of attention and everything, but. I didn't find that to be the case. Like I, I went to their forums at one point because I was trying to see if they had like uh, um, a discount on price for higher ed. Yeah, and like I could not find that information anywhere. I sent a note and got no response. And then I went to their forums, and the forums were basically a bunch of people like saying, "Why haven't we heard anything about the next version? <laughs> Where is the guy that writes this?" And huh. okay, all right, I'm, yeah, screw this. I'm using Adam. Like that was. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, okay, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's not super expensive, but like uh, the bulk light, like if you're if you have like your employer buy it, it seemed to be pretty expensive, um, or that they weren't giving much of a discount on bulk. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, so Sublime Three, if if that is like moving along well, I mean, I'm, I guess I don't even know what they would be changing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so no, I, I that was the impression I got, um, uh, and uh, I've been had I've had the impression for a while that TextMate was like not having as much attention paid to it. Yeah, um, and it really wasn't. Like there were a lot of people that were mad as hell. Yeah, uh, about TextMate too because it did get a delay, and like the dude was like, "Yeah, I don't really know." For I guess like there was some you know big uh, mix up about that where people were all mad that. Uh, it wasn't out or that they didn't know if it was going to be out and everyone was like throwing a fit about it. But well, then and, the and guy, there's yeah. also like, they there was, there seemed to be less incentive for him to put it out because he had promised everyone a free upgrade to TextMate two, 
Yeah. And so then it's like, well, why why would you like oh, you know, I know spend a bunch of time working on this thing when everyone's going to get a free upgrade to it? No, and it's not actually going to you know make any money, right? I, I remember what happened with uh, Sublime Text Three. Uh, apparently, one of the reasons that it had been delayed at some point or was still being delayed was that the author was trying to find a way to open source some of the components of it. Uh and that was kind of like a big deal. And that's like what happened with TextMate was that. Um, it's still software that needs a license, but you can get it for free right now, uh, TextMate 2, because um, you know the source code's on GitHub, and yeah. he has like a little thing for it. It's like when it's when it's actually released, um, there will probably be some sort of a of a license fee for using the software or whatever, depending on how you use it. But um, there's definitely movement on it. Like if you look at the repository, it gets attention, and there's a note somewhere on their website that basically says the only reason it's not considered a release yet is that uh, we don't have any documentation written sure. for TextMate 2 and everything still is TextMate 1. <laughs> so yeah. that's not, you know, All right. you, can, you can always come back, Alan, is what I'm saying. For sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> we, have, we have PSAs. Though. We do. Yeah. I'll skip the Twitter notification thing. We will, um, uh, we'll no save what? that for another day. Uh, yeah, I, I snuck that one in there, but we're, we're running short on time. So Turtle notification? What's a turtle notification? <laughs> Twitter notifications. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, the, I had some interesting experience with them. Experiences with them, but we will talk about them on a future show. Is this because you're an airline industry executive? Exactly. Yes. Uh, no. Among other things, um, <laughs> PSAs. Uh, first one. First PSA is. Um, uh, I don't know why this came up, but I, I was just thinking about it. Um, uh, you should put your TV into game or PC or other like remove all the effects mode. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, everyone should do this uh, for a couple reasons. One, it reduces latency. You put your TV into game mode, and all of a sudden, your TV's uh, uh, response latency drops from usually like on the order of several hundred milliseconds down to somewhere around hopefully fifty milliseconds or less. Um, so, this and that's is, a perceptible difference too. It is, yes, for, especially for playing games or doing anything interactive. That's a really meaningful difference. Um, yep, dropping latency like that really, really important for for games. Um, but also, just in general, like that'll help with like audio video sync. You know, like if if your TV has oh. several hundred milliseconds of delay, that's actually going to be a perceptible difference with the audio that's playing. Even um, with your butt rubbers on the couch? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, you need to you need to make sure it's synced up with those. Yeah. Um uh and then uh and then um so outside of so latency is a huge thing and the number one reason to do it. Um but the other big reason is your TV is probably doing a bunch of stuff that is potentially fiddling with the picture it is displaying in non-ideal ways. Um, oh, sure. Like the the built-in effects on TVs that are often enabled by default um are actually producing a non sort of like reference slash accurate you know picture right well they they're creating artifacts because the default settings and like the performance modes for things like cinema and sports like they do things to change contrast and color and yep. hue and temperature um of the color so i mean that's that makes sense yep yep um so anyway uh just like if is there a good way to, do you do you recommend like just going to like a manual null everything out or do you have like a cal? Because I, I have a calibration DVD for my TV that I used to use that I really liked a lot, but um, uh, nowadays so, I don't really have a DVD player, so I haven't. Yeah, so so that stuff is fine. Like it, and actually, there's a really great calibration utility <laughs> in the Xbox One. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, like calibrating your TV is fine, and messing with those values is fine. Just turn off the like, you know, 
cinema motion whatever you know and the like brilliant picture and dynamic whatever and the you know the stuff where it's like doing processing on the image is probably bad um like just turn all that stuff off to start with and then maybe re-enable it as you see you know uh what it does individually but like start from a baseline of turn off all the processing the tv is doing which can often be accomplished by by switching game mode on is is the simplest way to do it so yeah i Um, like it all right moving on what else uh what else do we have Um, ebay accounts Oh, man. So eBay has uh, been telling everyone to change their passwords because they've been the uh, the victim of a compromise. Um, apparently, last I heard, at least, I haven't been following lately, and it's kind of a new story. Um, they've had a, uh, uh, a statement at some point said that uh, someone had made off with their hashed passwords for their users um, and potentially other information as well. It was a little fuzzy. Now, most, peop- most of the time, I would be like, oh, yeah eBay. But then it occurred to me that uh, PayPal accounts are often linked to your eBay account. Yes. <laughs> uh, for the sake of convenience and um, so, yeah, um, if you have not yet seen a notice from eBay, it's probably coming soon and you should definitely uh, log in. Now, there's a trick. Um, when you want to change your password on eBay, it's really not that obvious uh, where you go to do that. So you have to go into like your, uh, your user account profile thing and it's under uh, What's it under? It's like private data or personal data or something like that. It's not under like you know account settings or preferences or any of the other places that you would expect <laughs> to find it. Like it took me a frustrating. It probably was only you know 120 seconds, but uh, it was maybe I'm remarkably impatient. Well, I know I'm remarkably impatient. But, <laughs> uh, at the time, I was like really frustrated, and uh, it's it's there. You just gotta kind of hunt around for it a little bit. Um, and coming right off of the Target thing and all of that, like it's uh, it's a little sketchy um, sure. that companies this large can still have incidents like that. And uh, um, yeah, what are you going to do? There was well, a, and, and a, like and with eBay specifically, I mean, like you know, Target's not a technology company. Like eBay is a technology company, right? It's it is yeah. it's even scarier to see a company that is very ostensibly on the yeah. right. Yeah, like presumably has a large staff of people devoted to letting not letting things like this happen, you know? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you have like a, uh, if you use like Dashlane or 1Password or uh, what's the other one, LastPass, something like that, that's great um, and a good way to uh, keep your passwords under control and handle those. Um, you will sometimes find a website though, like my credit union, that uh, gets really ornery about pasting passwords into fields. Mm-hmm. So browser extensions for things uh, don't work mm-hmm. uh, because it won't let you paste when you're in that field. Um, so I found there's a browser extension called Paste Damn It, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as as you may have guessed, what Paste Damn It does is it lets you paste in fields that uh, are explicitly flagged as not being safe for for pasting into. So it's definitely use at your own risk, but if you use a password manager and you're on a secure site, um, a quote-unquote secure site, that uses HTTPS, you can uh, probably get away with it. And it's certainly more convenient than like futzing around and digging for things and typing out the ridiculously strong password that you generated with your password management software. (laughs) So typing that 32-character bad boy in. uh, (laughs) So Paste Dammit, it's available for Safari and uh, Chrome and probably Firefox as well. Cool. Um, Don't know, don't care about IE. So (laughs) I don't know about that. There was uh, big news this week 
there's a remote access Trojan that uh, people were using and getting people to install on computers so they could do things like open up their webcam and uh, read their messages and send them message blackmail messages. Remember that Miss America story or Miss USA? I don't remember. I, uh, some some no. Miss, there was a there was a contestant in a uh, pageant type thing like that who was being blackmailed by someone who had Trojaned her computer and was like taking photos of her. Um, while she was getting dressed and things like that. Wow. And it happens from time to time. And they call it ratting, remote access Trojan. And uh, the uh, there were like 100 arrests made today related to a specific brand of that software. And it's remarkably like, it's kind of like software for dummies. Like, it's not really great. And like the way that it's made is very um, rudimentary in terms of like... Uh, Documentation. It's, it's really made for people to spy on people and uh, look at girls naked. Sure. And that's pretty much it. And it's clearly made for people that are very awkward in general. So <laughs> it's kind of a, like reading some of the messages uh, in the Brian Krebs article. It was kind of hilarious. Like some of the screenshots and like the way that the whole thing was conducted. And it was kind of ridiculous. Like it was a sting operation of sorts. And there was some undercover work and, uh, it's kind of an exciting story. There was a good article in Ars Technica last year about these types of Trojans that um, was just exceptional. And I thought that's why I thought we had talked about it on the show before. Maybe we didn't. But. We've, uh, we may have. I mean, yeah, I've, I've definitely I've seen articles about this stuff before for sure. Um, yeah. Yep. It's a little sketchy and scary. Um, most of the time, they're not using like sophisticated exploits or anything like that. So um, they kind of rely on uh, social engineering and, and tricking people into installing things. Yeah. So you know, basically phishing, which is probably how we'll discover that the eBay compromise has occurred, much like yeah. the Target one. Yeah. Um, where it's basically someone just clicking a link and handing over their password. Um, so we have that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and then. Uh... <laughs> But what about Bubble Fan? Oh yeah. So uh, I had uh, some of my uh, one of my nieces and one of my nephews and and my daughter when we had her family birthday party last week, and uh, I found this uh, giant bubble wand and uh, bubble kit on Amazon that uh, it's like a, basically a big long wand with multiple holes on it and you can kind of like wave it around in the yard and make these really huge bubbles and the, the solution that they use is really good so it makes these really um, large durable bubbles um, but I figured out I have a Vornado fan uh-huh. in the living room yep. and uh, if I, if I uh, turn the fan on and I you know because it's a Vornado it can crank on these weird angles and I kind of put it at like a 45 degree angle and I slowly draw the wand out of the bubble solution in front of the fan it will fill the room <laughs> with glorious bubbles uh, much to the delight of children and sure it's, yeah so, uh, it's uh if you are at all looking to uh experience the joy of childhood um or make a child's childhood that much better uh, i highly recommend uh going for the bubble fan because it's it's kind of amazing um if you have a slower fan speed you will make larger uh bubbles if you have a faster fan speed you will produce far more bubbles but they will be smaller um <clears throat> it's not quite the same as having a, a trampoline room, but uh, this is how we roll. So, no, this sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I should make a little video clip for you. Yeah. Um, 
cool. All right, and then uh, yeah, we have a few news items here that uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but um, uh, great just, pictures of North Korea. Yeah, um, North Korea censors a lot of the photography that's done there. So uh, photographers that take pictures are allowed to come into the country and take pictures. Kind of have to have them cleared by the by the country. Right. Um, there's a great series of photos uh, that were taken in North Korea that um, shouldn't be missed. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, really fascinating. And then also, uh, I uh, thrown in here. This this is older, but um, uh, I, I have watched uh, uh, this. There's this YouTube documentary, a documentary that someone made and uh, themselves and posted to YouTube, basically showing their video and photos from their travels to North Korea, along with their own narration. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a travel log type of thing, but it's really well done, and it's they actually captured some really fascinating stuff. Um, and uh, um, a lot of like sort of you know interaction with the tour guide and you know tour company kind of like trying to set boundaries and then them like trying to push those boundaries and like see if you know what they were seeing was really real or not that sort of stuff. So um, just uh, what <laughs> they have like fake towns and like fake right. villages and cities and stuff. And then like in this photo essay or this. Uh, collection of photographs like my favorite one has to be the kids sitting at their computer and then you realize the computer they don't have electricity if you just yeah the computer's not powered right yeah yeah they're like typing away on the keyboard yeah but um, yeah so yeah so so there's I, i'm linking this in the show notes as well i would definitely worth checking out um it's a, a about an hour long documentary about um uh, a single person's travels to north korea and, and the photos and videos they took so I'm hearing great things about this frontline special uh, called United States of Secrets. It's about the NSA. Um, there's a link to it in the show notes also, and you can stream it online. Uh, people have been saying that it's just phenomenal. Have you? I, it? I, I have to... not. I've not heard anything about this, but this. Oh wow! This looks great. I, yeah, this. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> definitely worth a view. It's in my. It's in my queue for uh, now. Now that I am Sans in-law and birthday and everything else, um, I hope to get some time for it this weekend. Yeah, no, it um, seems. Uh, I, I just clicked on the link and browsed around the site a bit, but yeah, it looks. Um, PBS does some great stuff for sure. Yeah, yep. Um, thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too bad about NPR though. Uh, yeah. Um, what was that? Wait, wait, don't tell me. Got canceled. Wait, really? Yeah. That, <coughs> they, oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, they're laying off everybody. Oh man, I thought you were just talking about no like limericks the... for Carl Castle. Wait, what's that? No more Carl Castle limericks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's that's the tr- that's the the core tragedy of of this. Of this it movie. is. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, wow. That's. I mean. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, it's a staff of twenty five people. Wow. Huh. All right. Well, that's a unfortunate note to end that, on. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> now we're all depressed. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, all right. Well, at least they're still producing good documentaries over yeah. PBS. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Hell Yeah Show. Uh, you can email us at show at hellyeah.com. Uh, you can visit us on the web at show.hellyeah.com. You can also find us on ye old Twitter machine, twitter.com slash show. Send us a tweet at hellyeahshow. And you can also find us on app.net and Google+. Plus. Yep. Somewhere on Google+. Plus. You search for us, you'll find us. Um, yes. Yep. All right. We'll be there. That will do it. Uh, We will see you in a few weeks. Huzzah!